Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. What a great week. You've been thinking about Christmas even before you came here today, right? If you were 12 or 13 years old, what would you be thinking about Christmas today? Can some of you remember back that far? Liam, you're, you're right on spot almost, right? Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, if I was 12 or 13, what would I be thinking about Christmas today? Well, I sang Christmas carols, so yeah, I, I know it's about Jesus. But you know, my wish list would be on my mind as well, wondering if I would get that one thing I really want more of all, most of all. Have you ever thought about how privileged it is to even have a wish list? Wow. If I was a parent with kids in elementary school or middle school or high school, I am a parent, but they're out of the house. So we have grandkids to think about. What would be filling my mind today besides thinking about Jesus? Well, I'd be thinking about everybody else's wish list. Leslie especially thinks about that wish list. And what, am I wor- what in the world am I going to get Leslie for Christmas? That's what's on my mind as well. I might be wondering if we're going way over that wise family budget that we talked about or didn't talk about. Or maybe if you're the chief uh, baker and cook in your house, you're thinking about the Christmas menu list that you need to go shopping for. So let's, this morning, as we're thinking about all those things, let's hear what Mary says again, some parts of her psalm, her song, and worship of the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Lord, fill us again with awe and wonder this morning as we look at Mary and Elizabeth's awe of your rescue plan and why Jesus came. Lord, let Mary's song inspire us to express your glorious work of salvation and the things we create in the words we say, in the actions we do to express your love to others. Lord, change us a little bit today. Lord, change us a lot today as we investigate this amazing reality that's never, ever old. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So God, through Luke, focuses our attention on Elizabeth and Mary in this section of his gospel. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, the promised prophet who would come to make a way to prepare people to meet Jesus, to follow Jesus, to trust in Jesus. Mary, a redeemed sinner who is the mother of the Son of God. Two women who teach us about God's holy character and his mighty power. Two women who teach us about God's unfolding plan to send a deliverer to the world, a world that was desperate for their God to save them. Two women who teach us what it means to worship God in spirit and truth. Two women who show us what living by faith looks like in every day following their God. So two women who were in awe of God 
who was working to bring them, who was working to bring forgiveness to them and to us. So their belief is worth looking at today because it points us to Jesus. Their worship is worth examining because it explains God's great salvation plan for us. So that's where we're going today. We're going to be looking at how to worship God at Christmas time, but all the time, every day. And Mary and Elizabeth, Elizabeth and Mary help us do that. So let's think about that today. Building worship into our lives this Christmas and every day. The first thing I notice from this passage is that we need to learn to worship, to worship God at Christmas and every day. We need to meet together. Look at verses 39 through 41. Paul read those verses, but let's look at them again real quickly. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her room and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? We know we should always worship God. Every day individually. And when we worship God, we honor him. When we give his praise, we, we adore him as he deserves. When we create beautiful things, when we show his love in our everyday living, that's worshiping God. We're commanded to meet together. Classic passage, Hebrews chapter 10. We read this in verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he, is pro he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's so easy to be led away from God's truth. So we need to meet together regularly to remind ourselves of his promises because we are prone to doubt. My heart's selfish. It's rebellious. It's deceptive. I think I'm better than I really am. So it's easy for my heart to turn away from God's wise counsel and from his way. You've never followed trends, have you? You've never messed with attitudes that hurt other people and you don't really care. Some of us are wrestling with it right now, trends and attitudes, because of Christmas pressure to buy, to give, to get, to want. And what's the cure for battling all those lies? Well, it's God and his truth. And it's meeting with God's people who love God and who are struggling with it too, but are willing to talk about it and, and trusting God when you can't see what God's doing or understand it totally. You know, darkness makes you stumble. God's light burns truth into your life that, that changes your direction. It's God's ways, God's salvation. God's kingdom to restore, it, that, that's what brings peace and joy. And we know it's true, but we're easily deceived. We're easily pulled aside from what's really important about Christmas. Meeting together is so vital. 
the Bible terms abiding, abiding with God. I'm the vine, Jesus said. You're the branches. Whoever abides in me will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So Mary and Elizabeth are abiding here. You know, Mary's situation, I mean, Mike, you mentioned it already. She's pregnant. It appears as though she was an adulteress, unfaithful, a hypocrite. Small town girl, right? You can imagine what the talk was. You know, let your sanctified imagination go there. Did you hear about Mary? She's pregnant. <laughs> and she claims she never slept with Joseph or anybody else. <laughs> what a laugh. I hear Joseph is going to divorce her. Poor guy, he doesn't deserve this. He's such a good man. So what did Mary do? She went and found support in the home of Elizabeth, her relative, another woman of faith that believed that God was working miraculously. She needed to hear Elizabeth express her belief that it really was the Son of God in her womb. She met together. What if Mary didn't seek out Elizabeth? Did you ever go there with the what ifs? She would have been ignoring God's gift of support and encouragement and strength. Elizabeth would have never expressed her great testimony of faith, words of encouragement that said, wow, it's okay, Mary. It's really happening. I'm an old woman and I'm pregnant and my son's going to be the prophet, the promised prophet that would lead other people to, to the Messiah, point them to him, and you have the Son of God in your womb. It's true. And Mary would have never sung, written, composed this God-inspired song of praise. Joy shared doubles. Grief concealed grows. So express your grief, confess your sins to one another, and it will diminish them. Express God's word so it can grow like that grain of wheat that multiplies 40, 60, 80, 100 fold. When we're not together to hear God's truth and to worship him, to remind ourselves what God is doing, we miss out. So be near God, abide with him, surrender to his will like Mary and Elizabeth did and build one another up. So build worship into your Christmas into your, and into your everyday by, number one, being together to worship. Whether it's here in a big room or together around your table as a family, together in a small group or a Bible study, whatever the situation, gather together with others so you can worship God and encourage one another and know the scriptures. That's the second important thing. Look at verses 42 through 44. And she exclaimed with a loud voice, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is it that the Lord has granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy and, she, and blessed is he who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Elizabeth and Mary knew the scriptures. They knew what God was planning to do. 
And Elizabeth, filled with the Spirit of God, declared God's truth, that the promised Savior was coming. She understood that her womb was holding a promised prophet, and she understood that Mary's womb was holding God with us, Emmanuel. And then Mary sings this great song of praise. I wonder when she composed this. We don't know. But she expressed it at this moment, it seems. Mary used words very similar to Hannah's words back in 1 Samuel chapter 2. We don't have time this morning to go compare them. I don't want to do that this morning, but you can do that on your own. Just compare the two and see. This inspired her. She was using God's word to help her express her faith because God's word holds pleasing words that explain who God is and what God's done and how he's working to rescue, to save, to deliver people who look to him. You're familiar probably, many of you, with Psalm 19. Hear what it says, Psalm 19, starting at verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Psalm 19, those verses from Psalm 19 are ringing true for Mary and Elizabeth in their lives at this very moment. As they worshiped God, as they recounted his word coming true, they were amazed in this moment because they were believing in God. That's a key. They were rejoicing. They were being revived. They were being strengthened. Their eyes were being enlightened to what God is doing. So have you ever had God's word enliven and enlighten and bring rejoicing into your life? Did it happen this week? Do you know God's word? Do you know who Jesus is? Have you talked about the Lord's word and what he's done and how he's strengthened you through it lately? I just, this Christmas season and all the hustle and bustle that we feel pressured to do, and some of it's really good stuff, okay? I'm not saying don't do that. But don't let it take away from God's truth. Let the story of Christmas revive you. So your spirit and soul tend to rejoicing as you consider what great things God has and is and will, will do. Let your eyes be in light with God's wisdom so it changes how you approach your life and your living and your walking because our world is walking away from God and they need to see people who are walking toward God and, and God wants you and me to be a picture of that for them, to give them hope. We have time. So maybe you want to do it by yourself if you're comfortable there. But would you take a minute or two, or, or maybe you're the kind of person that needs to talk it through. Would you share with someone behind you, around you, how has God's word brought joy to you lately? 
or revived your heart or enlightened your eyes to about changes you need to make in your life. Talk together with one another, or if you're comfortable, you don't need to talk to anyone. Just talk to the Lord and thank him for how, think about how he's worked in your life. Take a minute or two to do that. Let's do that right now. How has God's word revived you, enlightened you, guided you? Thank you for sharing together. I'm going to stop it there, but you can continue these conversations on later as well. Hear what God's telling us in his word. Take hold of it. Take hold of it for this Christmas, this week, but then let it guide your steps, our steps, the rest of our lives together. So we build worship and adoration to the Lord into our Christmas and year-round living by meeting together and, and sharing God's word and reciting his truth so it fills us with hope. It gives us joy. It gives us strength. We build worship in, into our lives, our everyday, by believing in the Lord and expressing it. And verses 45 through 50, we see Mary's, some of Mary's testimony. See, she believed in the Lord, Elizabeth said. You believed what the Lord spoke to you when the angel Gabriel came to her and said, you're going to be with a child. And she said, how can that be? I'm a virgin. But she believed it and said, let it be as the Lord has said. Mary believed Gabriel's amazing news to her. Mary worshiped the Lord in spirit and truth. You see, she expressed her faith in these words, but she also expressed her belief in God through her actions, by how she lived her life and how she responded to it. She was a woman of belief, of faith, and she worshiped the Lord. You know, some would teach or mistakenly taught or thought that because Mary was carrying Jesus, the Son of God, that somehow she had to be sinless, that if she wasn't perfect, if she wasn't sinless, she would pass on uh, her sin nature to the baby Jesus. But that's a misunderstanding of the incarnation. Unlike us, Jesus is not a descendant of Adam. He's God. He's always existed. He always was. He wasn't created in the womb. He's the creator. He's existed forever. So he has no part so to speak, in our soul or our spirit nature. But he took on human nature. He's not a descendant of Adam. He's the holy creator. And as God, he has no part in our sin nature. 
But that's the mystery of the incarnation. God took on human form. Not our sin nature, but our human physical form. How can this be? <laughs> it's a mystery. It's a supernatural work. It's not natural. It's above nature. It's God working. He was and is and always will be the eternal, sinless Son of God who humbly took on human nature, fully God, fully human. How can it be? He's God. And Mary was a sinner who declared who was declared righteous by God, just like her father of the faith, Abraham. She believed God and it was counted to him, it was counted to her as righteousness. Mary herself says it, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices, in verse 47, in God my Savior. Sinners need a Savior. Mary believed in God and it was counted to her as righteousness. Mary also says that God lifts up the humble in verse 48. Have you ever thought about that? Who are you that God would save you? That God would lift you up? That God would care enough to come and to live and then to die in your place? Who am I that God would lift me up and call me his child just because I simply believe in him? That's an amazing truth. Ponder it. In verse 49, Mary testifies that God has done mighty things. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mighty works. And who else can have this mercy, this grace, this blessing like Mary had? She answers that in verse 50. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation, who believe in him. So believe and adore the Lord and express it. I chose that word express it because I wanted to say more than just to tell it, although using words is important because Mary does it here. She wrote this poem. So write a poem and express to God the great things he's done for you. Put it to music. Write a story. Paint a picture, make something, create something, give it away, create tasty food and feed someone who's hungry and share it. Worship the Lord by being, being thorough in your work. Worship the Lord by being honest and by letting your yes be yes and your no be no and putting away hypocrisy because we can all be hypocrites. Show how important Jesus is to you by being kind to those who, who are far away from home or, or lonely friendless, <laughs> or be a friend to the unfriendly. That's a tough one, isn't it? Just like Jesus. He was a friend to the unfriendly by giving others so that they can receive hope or justice, sharing the gospel so they can join the throng who sings the song of salvation. I read that there's a a cemetery in New York City. There's a lot of cemeteries in New York City. There's a headstone, though, in one cemetery engraved, and it says this on it, forgiven. No name, no date, no other words, just forgiven. 
no better word to be written on a stone that represents that person forgiven. <laughs> you see, by faith, Mary expressed God's great forgiveness. Mary and Elizabeth worshiped their great God by expressing their belief in words, by how they lived their life, how they encouraged one another, the things they did, the things they said, declaring God's merciful grace. They met together. They built up one another's faith. They knew the scriptures. They said the scriptures. They worshiped and believed by showing off God's great mercy. Fourthly, Build worship into your Christmas and every day by knowing God's history. Kind of taking us back to God's word. But look at verses 51 and on to the end of this section. He, speaking of God, Mary said, He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in the remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. I just remind us, get the big picture. Don't forget the big picture about God and what he's doing and what he has done. Know what God has promised to do. Know how he's dealt with people in the past who've trusted in him before you. How did he interact with people who believed in him but doubted? How did he interact with people who, who knew the truth and failed and sinned and then admitted that they had failed and sinned? How did he treat those who were going astray, who sinned big, and yet they were his child? How did he treat them? How did he interact with them? What did he do? He guided them, he corrected them, and he's always transforming. And what did God say to those who refused his truth? There's stories about that in the scriptures as well. Get the big picture. Know your God. Know his promises. Know how he deals with those with faith and without faith and how patient he is. Review his promises. Maybe this is your family. Some of you watch the same Christmas movie every year. It's a tradition, right? And for some reason, even though you know the story, you watch it again and again. Why? Because it brings you comfort, because it brings you joy, because it brings truth into your life, or, or there's, there's changes that happen that just bring joy to you, so you do it again and again. And I would just say to you, you do that with Christmas movies or other movies? I mean, how, if you're a Star Wars fan, how many times have you watched the Star Wars movies? You don't have to tell. Or whatever you're into. So do that with God. Do the same with your God. Review the stories. Read the stories again and again. Don't get tired of them because they bring you hope. They bring truth into your life. They guide us. They quelch the doubts that rise in our minds and hearts. So review them. God does what he says. And you are not the first nor the last person who doubts, who believes, but battles doubts. Just think about this if you're a sports person. God's batting average is what? A thousand. If you're into football, American football, <laughs> what's his quarterback rating? 
It's perfect. And know this, the game's not over. The unfolding drama of redemption, his salvation, is not done. And every line, everything planned, every scene, every setting, every era in this drama is going to work out perfectly on God's stage. And it's going to be a beautiful production. And his kingdom is coming. Speaking of plays, I read this. A Shakespeare's play, The Merchant of Venice. There's a beautiful and wealthy heiress, Portia, and she's this woman, beautiful and rich, okay? She had many suitors, no surprise. They were trying to win her hand, but her father made a rule, and here was a rule. No one could marry his daughter unless they chose the correct chest, and he had three chests. There was a chest made of gold. There was a chest made of silver. There was a chest made of lead. On the chest made of gold was inscribed, he who chooses me shall gain what men desire. Inside the chest was a skull. Ooh. Another chest, the silver one was inscribed, he who chooses me shall get as much as he deserves. Inside was a picture of a fool or a jester. <laughs> the winning chest was made of lead. It had Portia's, Portia's picture in it and it was inscribed, who chooses me must give and risk all he has. And only one suitor chose that. Hear Jesus' words. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process? Is anything worth more? than your soul. Only those who surrender themselves to the Lord Jesus will find true life. So this morning, I just remind us all, believe in him, trust him, receive his true life. And as you think about Christ and Christmas and all you need to do this week before Saturday, just remember Mary's words. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Let's pray. Lord, teach us to know you. Teach us to know your word so that we can adore you and trust you and follow you more and more without reservations. Oh, Lord, begin to change us. Begin to change each one of us. Make us people who have a stronger faith. And, Lord, I ask you to do a gracious work in everyone today. Lord, if there's need of belief, forgiveness, move in hearts. Lord, if we need to trust you more, lead us in that path, we pray, for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.